Welcome back to the USL Way. As promised, we are here with Scott McKenzie from the Chattanooga Red Bulls, of course, head coach and technical director. Welcome to the podcast. I'll call you hey. call you Coach Scott, or should I call you Coach McKenzie, or just what should I go with? No, Scott's fine. I um, when players call me Coach Scott, or Coach McKenzie, it's too just just Scott. That's fine. Doesn't have to be super formal. All right. Well, welcome, Scott. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here, and. To start off, we'll just, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, how you got to the Red Wolves head coaching job. Okay, yeah. Now, um, so obviously what I do, I'm the, the head coach and technical director of the Chattanooga Red Wolves. I'll try and give you a, a bit of a, a brief overview of my background and uh, career to date. So I, I came to the role I'm in now through the club. I've been with the Red Wolves for the past, give or take three years. I ran our affiliate in in Utah, which is our USL League 2 program and academy program there. Um, had a good record at the League 2 level and, uh, and a pretty good track record in terms of youth development there with our programming too. Had some nice successes. And then previous to that, I've and if that, the noise in the background is my dog. <laughs> no, um, but previous to that, I've ran... Um, youth clubs here in the US um, and then done academy football in the UK and um, and that's you know and obviously played yeah. before that so that's 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 it academy football in the UK is a much different aspect or I will say build than it is here in the US do you think having that outlook on what the academy system is like in the UK as compared to the US gives you like a better insight of how to properly run a team here? Um, I mean, I think, I think the first thing to note is that the word academy in the US means something different to what it means in the UK. So, you know, in the UK, really, you divide youth football or youth soccer into two phases. You've got grassroots, which is open participation, all-inclusive football, and that's the masses. Mm -hmm. Then you've got academy football, which are the professional football clubs, with yeah. which there's, you know, give or take 100 or so. And so if you're playing academy football, you're playing from anywhere from Manchester United to Oldham or down the, the spectrum of professional football. And if you're not doing that, you're in grassroots football. You know, out here, when I came out here, I'd see someone and the, uh, their job title would be academy director. But what it really meant is they were running the nines to twelves program mm -hmm. at, a, at a local club, which I would call a grassroots club. So um, I think that's the first little bit to know. And I think the other the other piece is, does it give us a, a better idea? I think it just depends what you're trying to get out of it. My big take on on youth football is it or any any organization is it should be purpose-based and um, clubs can be great if they know what they're trying to do. You know, if you understand you're a participation club or you're trying to create pros or just understand what you're trying to do. Absolutely. And Chattanooga has been very good at, I feel getting all parts of the community involved, including players from the surrounding area, players who are known within USL league one, I just want to hear your take on the build that we know the Red Bulls so well for. 
in terms of our like uh, our different platforms and how we bring them all together and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think, and obviously there's a little bit of bias in the answer. I do think in terms of a USL organization, I think we're one of the the, the forerunners in terms of um, how we've utilized, we've got, we've historically had two USL2 platforms in Dalton and Park City. Um, we've had numerous players sign onto professional contracts from both of those entities. Um, and then obviously both in Chattanooga and both in Utah, we've had uh, youth platforms on the men's side um, where we've had great deals of success. Players coming from uh, younger teams pushing up to our U20s, USL Academy teams and USL Academy teams into USL League 2 teams. Um, and and frankly, from our academy programs and having opportunities um, to play in the first team, the most prominent example probably is Yair um, Paez, who obviously is a, a local local lad in, he's from Dalton, Georgia, which is about 40 mm-hmm. minutes outside Chattanooga. Um, played for our Chattanooga Red Bulls youth programming, signed on an academy contract first, and now is a, a bona fide professional footballer on a pro contract with the Chattanooga Red Bulls, which is a first of Big hopefully deal. many to bring through the through the, the program. Big deal. And definitely reinforcing, because we've seen a lot of USL teams, whether it be championship or league one, start to finally build those grassroots aspects that you talked about of reaching out to like younger kids who might not necessarily be able to access it. And then you also touched on Park City, who you led for a while there in USL League 2. What was that like? Because I I get some of these insights from USL League 2, and they always change depending on who runs them and where they are. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to hear your time with Park City and how that led you here. Yeah, no, I think the U, USL League 2, I don't know how many teams they've got. It's it's a lot across the country. Lot. And a lot of them exist for different reasons. And I, I alluded to earlier, I think the, the way you become successful as an organization, whether it's soccer or otherwise, you got a really clear understanding of what you're trying to do. And so for us, at the League 2 level in Park City, we had a really clear understanding that we were trying to um, identify and then develop and create a pathway for players into our first team. So we really were trying to function as a as a development reserve team, whatever you want to call it, for the, the first team out here in Chattanooga. Um, and so that's how I looked at it. Everything had to mirror that environment. You get certain clubs that may have a different mission statement. And so you hear of, you know, players come in and they're allowed to go on their, their, they come in for a week and then they go on vacation. They come back for a week and it's kind of, it's summer league football. We, we never treat summer league football. We treated it as, as a true, this is your three month window into what the life of a professional footballer might look like. And really a preparation phase for that. Um, and frankly, for myself as a young and ambitious coach, that's how I looked at it for myself. It was a as a proving ground um, to get the day-to-day habits, um, cultural markers, environment stuff, um, how to play in a in what is a shortened but very busy, busy season and and perform week in, week out and get results. So um 
for us it was about it was really clear we were whether it's the staff whether it's the players it was about producing pros and then playing out in utah that is a big difference compared to playing in chattanooga tennessee what is the just the mindset because it's a whole like when you look at the united states it is a whole different climate based on where you are and it takes a whole different ideology of soccer to coach in different regions so how do you take going from utah to chattanooga into a different role as well yeah and i mean what one thing we've done well as a club and there's been there's been ups and downs in it but we've we've had good synergy between between different departments or affiliates whatever you want to call it and so we know the type of football that trickling down from ownership that we want to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said, in, in moments, and if you look at the first team's season for large parts last, last year, I think we strayed from that. And when we strayed from that, we're less successful. But it was linked. What we were doing again with, with the League Two stuff was was tied into the way we want to play in Chattanooga. We want to play forward first attacking football. It's what we'll do with the League Two stuff. So in terms of football... I don't know a whole lot of it changes. I think certainly there are um, there are geographical constraints. You don't play in Utah, Colorado. You are significantly higher up and in a dry heat. So there is some like considerations there. But at the same time, like come to Chattanooga, I believe you're at sea level, but it's incredibly humid. Um, yeah. And they're just minor details that that need to be accounted for. League one. It's a national league, so we do go play in Colorado and yep. vice versa. So they have to fly out here and play against us. And we just, th- there might be minor adaptions, but I believe good teams have an identity and good organizations, as said, have an identity. And we, we really have been pretty good about making sure there's a synergy through the organization historically. Is there a hard place to play in the league, you would say? Because, like, like you said, every area has their own little unique bits that make it a difficult place to play. But is there one one place that you go to and you're like, oh, shit? Um, I don't think there's anywhere I'm going to go and go, oh, shit. But, um, like, and I, and I, also, I also don't want to give any other That's sound the other teams, you know, but there are certainly there are certainly places that have more of a geographical challenge there are places that have um fan bases that make it exciting to play in but also challenging uh, it's a, the, the cool thing about the league because it's spread out so nationally you are getting into different markets and they say different environments and and each one has its unique challenge and it's it's our job just to make sure we're aware of those unique challenges and prepared as as best as possible for those unique challenges of course and then in Chattanooga, like you said, very humid. Um, I won't get into the details of how, of course, you train your players. I'm sure that'd be a bit of a touchy subject, but Chattanooga is a very special place. And coming off of a season like last year where you came in a bit late, not the season you necessarily want, um, finishing in 10th, uh, what is the mindset coming off of a season like that of, you know, we had our moments, especially at the end where we steadied the ship a little bit, but still didn't get where we wanted to be heading into a big season like 2024 as the league continues to grow. Yeah, I mean, 
obviously I've, this is our sixth year in existence as a club and and last year was was the worst of it mm-hmm. uh, and i think everyone from front office down has had a, a, a little look in the mirror and gone we that's not us that's not our identity that's not why this club exists that's it it isn't the chattanooga rebels we've historically been better than that and look what we have to do every day is be able to reflect and say, this is what we do well. This is what we, we need to do better. And, and we've done that. We've, we've gone into the off season and said, let's build for a big year. Let's make sure, as I said, we, we know who we are. Recruitment is very purposeful in identifying players that are not only good players, that are good players that fit our environment and our culture and our style of play. Let's, um, Let's look at players that I've got a phrase I like to use personality over the players. Um, and what that means is there's certain attributes that that can be seen through um through serial winners. Um and and so we look at players and 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 look at their personalities and try and identify stuff like that. And um, but the mindset was never again, you know, yeah. we're better than that. We have to be better than that. There's and and you don't get success by chance and you don't get failure by chance. It's it's very deliberate. So we identified some of the processes we could have been better in. We identified some of the things that were working well and and now it's our um it's our job to make sure that we are we're good learners and we continue to grow, develop and and write have a much better twenty twenty four. Personality over players might be quote of the year. <laughs> I I appreciate that. I appreciate all the insights that a coach like you can bring, especially coming into because you, you get these coaches, and I'm not trying to throw any shade on coaches that are here a long time, but you come across coaches who are have been in the coaching area for so long that it feels like they've been bogged down to a kind of just you know, like corporate coaching kind of jargon that they just say the same thing every time. And it feels like just off of our little time here, you stray away from that. You go in areas that necessarily other coaches don't, and you just talk about what needs to be talked about. And then for 2024, of course, returning a lot of big players like Ricky Ruiz, you bring in Tim Trilk, very good goalkeeper. Um, how important is it to be returning the key pieces even after a losing season, like you said, the worst season in Red Wolves history? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, you, you mentioned it, Chattanooga is a really cool city, really unique city. It has a great um, soccer scene here. Um, and players who tend to come here end up, end up really falling in love with it. And I'm sure Tim won't mind me saying Tim's made his home. Like he loves the city. It's one of the reasons that he's, he's come back to sign here. And, and so bringing in, bringing in players that know the city, know the club, know the expectation, understand our fan base and the expectations and, and really have a a deep appreciation for all the, the people around the club that maybe the young son heroes, if you will, security bus drivers, all those pieces of the pieces of the wheel that make it happen bringing in people that appreciate that understand that that's important bringing in people that 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 are are young hungry enthusiastic you know um 
first, second year pros, chips on the shoulder guys is important. And, and bringing in, we brought in a lot of league one experience, frankly, as well, um, is important. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's about a, it's about balanced that building a squad is a balanced diet and we'll we'll have more of certain things that we think are important than others um but having you know and i know the fans are super excited about it tim ricky um big time fan favorites from the first time here is great there's all sorts of different pieces that go up to making the puzzle and then another piece that you bring back possibly one of the biggest household names in league one Ropapa Mensa is back how big is that for 2024 yeah I, it's huge I am um, I, I frankly I love him I think he's I think he's a top top player and he's a he's a top top human being as well and um, we talk about personalities over players but I don't think we've seen the best of him I think um, if you look at when when he came when I came in I believe I took 13 games. He scored six or seven of his um, of his 12. So maybe even a little bit more. So he really, he really lit it up at the end of the season. I mean, this this is a player that you watch him strike a ball. It is a work of art. Like he is, he's a player. And but like all, all players need good environments, need to be utilized the right way. And and we value him highly. We're very very excited about him. Um, and think he's going to have a big 24 for us. So what I'm hearing is Scott McKenzie and Rapapa Mensa are a match made in heaven. Well, you can, I've said that. You might you might get a different answer from him. I don't know, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> I like working with him. So I will be quoted on that. Anybody, anywhere, you are welcome to say that I said that. Um, <laughs> so we'll head to you. We've talked about a lot about the clubs you've been with let's move to you of course special guest the my big question is what is the direction or should i say just what is it like being having to be the head coach and the technical director because it's a very very big part of the usl game to see that and i know myself and a lot of people might be in the dark on what that really means so I'm just interested into what that really gets you into. Yeah. Um, well, the best way I can I can describe it, essentially I wear two different hats. And oh. uh, the, the first hat is the head coach hat. And that my job is the immediate future and success of the football club. So results on a Saturday and where we place in the league and how we do in the cup, et cetera. That is my primary and only focus when I wear that hat. And um, the other hat, the second hat, the technical director's hat, really doesn't concern itself at all with the um, immediate future of the club. It concerns itself with the long-term future and sustainability of a high-performance environment. So that is things like um, our player recruitment strategies, obviously short-term, but long-term, and player profiles, how we go at creating processes, how we go about um, identifying and um, potential players against short-term and long-term. That is that is oversight of our youth programming from the elite side of it, future pros, all the way down to how do we, um, how do we make young players, young kids fall in love with the game? 
boys girls um how do we turn their first experience with the soccer ball into something that becomes a relationship for a lifetime um so really like i said i've got a job to look after the immediate future and success of the club and i've also got a role to look after specifically anything touching regarding the soccer ball the long-term future and sustainability of the football club that is a lot of responsibility for one person um for anybody really is there are there ways that you like go about it in terms of just keeping calm knowing that you've got all of that to take care of like how do you take care of yourself i should say knowing that a lot of what the football club is about moving forward is based on your direction? Um, well, look, I mean, it's not just me. There's a great team in, in place, obviously, on the first team level. I have a great staff and at the academy level, I'm not in the weeds day to day. I'm, I'm more vision and direction. Um, I'm, but I'm not I'm not the one on the, the grass with the players and I'm certainly not the one um, even on the grass directly with the coaches and won't want to claim any of that uh, responsibility. You know, so there's first and foremost, I'm not alone. I get to work with great people. Um, but the other part of it is I, one day, I'm sure someone will offer me a job and say, this is all you do. You coach or you direct or something like that. But I, I don't feel like I'll, um, I just like being involved in lots of stuff. I don't want to, I'm very cautious to ever dilute the quality, but I get excited about designing and I want to build things. I like consider myself a builder. I like to build things. I want to, I want to mm -hmm. leave organizations whenever that is and be able to say we took it from A and now we're at Z and be really, really proud of that. And so wearing the two hats gives me the chance to do that. It gives us the chance to build something immediate day to day in training with players and results and get, get those thrills, highs and lows on Saturdays. But, you know, if I've done a good job in totality of my role, you'll see one of the best youth development platforms in the United States in five, six, seven years. So I don't think, I don't think I could have crafted a more beautiful response, to be honest. Um, of course, like you said, a lot comes down to the players and the staff and the front office. And of course the fans who continue to come out. What makes, I always ask this question. Uh, what makes, Chattanooga so special for you yeah and you met you mentioned the fans I think I think obviously there's one or two places in the league I haven't been but I think we've got I think we've got the best fans in the league and I think um, I don't know if you've been to CHI Memorial but um, the way our stadium's built out they literally sit on top of the field I mean we're talking from from byline to to the first row of, of of fans were maybe talking four yards, five yards. Yeah. And so every little thing that they say, positive, neutral <laughs> or, or constructive criticism, you know, you can hear it and you can hear, you can hear the celebrations. They are loud. You can hear them cheer the fans on. And you look through historically, like again, the club, I, I, I don't know. This is a fact at all, I'm, but I assume it is. We've probably scored more late-minute winners or equalizers than any other club in the USL. And again, don't quote me on it because I've no idea if I've just made that up or not. But we scored a lot. 
But a lot of that's down to like our fans are so close to the field, so loud and so invested in what we do that that we really can be a 95, 96. I mean, it's modern football now, 101 minutes. <laughs> you know? um, and so I'd, I'd put a lot down to that. Um, but beyond that, the city, the city is beautiful. Um, it's the South. Everyone's friendly. Yeah. Everyone is extremely welcoming. Um, it's just a, it's a very, very cool place to be. Do you find it um, hard at some points um, being a Brit, of course, in the, you're not necessarily in the deep South quite yet. You're, you're bordering it, but can it be a bit like, I don't know, difficult at times? Um, I lived in Utah for nearly seven years. So I think I, I think I went to the biggest culture shock state. <laughs> So I think everything else is kind of is taken in sh- in stride, and and that's no dig at Utah. I love living there. We 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 own a house there. My wife's from there, etc. But um, but yeah, I think that in itself is a huge culture shock. And so, you know, other than the accents being a slightly different and people being maybe even more friendly, it's just it's just you know take it all in stride, and it's it's a great place to be. Absolutely, and then. We'll slowly wind down here. 2024, I could ask you what your goal is. The goal is always to win the title. Um, But going further than 2024, what is your main goal that you see for the club and, you know, for your players, for the organization as a whole? Um. Yeah, no, I'll answer it twofold. Again, I'll, I'll I'll give you an answer for each hat. So, you know, when on the first team level, when guys like yourself and the and the people that cover the league start to talk about like premier clubs and clubs that do it right and um, and top of the tier clubs in the USL on the field, off the field, um, and and clubs that are able to create sustained sustained success. I want to be in that conversation, you know, so look, we've got a lot of work to do and I've got a lot to prove. And really just because I say this out loud, doesn't mean it happens. And we're well aware of that, but that's the conversation we want to be in. You know, when, when the people that talk about the league, talk about the premier clubs and the, the ones that are able to not be good for a week or two, but good year after year after year, as long as I'm here. And frankly, beyond me um, at some point, that's a conversation I'd like to be in there. And then the other piece of it is, as you said, I want to, you know, in the wider scope, people looking in, I want people to go, wow, what are, what are they doing in Chattanooga to, to churn out so many pros, men's, women's, um, so many top college players. And and then locally, I just want people to come in, that come in because we're not serving only elite players here. Yeah. We are serving community a soccer community as i mentioned it's about first and foremost before you 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 even concern yourself with with um with what you might say is elite development you are concerning yourself with building a relationship between the game and and the the people you're responsible for the young people you're responsible for well those young people i want them to come up go away and be like you know what one of the best formative experiences my childhood is the environment that was created at the Chattanooga Rebels and I think if you have a lot of people coming away with saying some sort of phrase like that then we'll have done a a great job again that'd be a 
a pretty good uh, legacy to leave. So we've gone through your whole story. We've gone through Chattanooga as a place. We've gone through USLE 2. We'll finish off with one final question here. Just what, oh, I always come to the end of these and I always try to find that one big question that we have here, but I don't. I feel like you've covered everything. So I'll just really, I guess, ask what makes USL League One stand out to you? It is a very unique league. It's more unique than um, the championship, more unique than League One. They all have their unique bits, of course. But what makes USL League One and Chattanooga really stand out? Yeah, so... In terms of the league, in terms of League One, I mean, the two things here. One, the league is so competitive. I mean, this year, 12 teams and the the gaps between first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, who makes playoffs, who doesn't make playoffs is, again, it's always very tight. And on any day, on any day, teams at the bottom beat teams at the top. And you saw that last year uh, multiple times. And so it's a like super competitive league, probably uh, for the championship in, they're probably the most competitive leagues in terms of parity. I don't claim to watch football all around the world. It's <laughs> certainly won't be up there, you know? Um, so that's the first thing about it. There's no gimme games. You have to be at it every day. Um, and the second thing I think that I love about the USL in general and totality is, um, we don't just sit in in major markets, you know. So, like, if you look at, I mean, we're bringing in major markets. You look at Brooklyn, that's obviously a huge, huge market. But I'd have probably never been to Madison, Wisconsin, States, Statesboro. Um, Georgia, yeah. Yeah, frankly, I'd probably never have gone to Chattanooga either. And so, but these are super cool, unique cities and communities across the country and that is, if we're going to fulfill our huge potential as a soccer country, um, activating all these markets, that is the key to it. And so the USL, what the USL is doing in that regard, and activating markets and fan bases and growing the game in all these communities, I think is the most important thing that probably ever has and ever will happen with US soccer. I will, I will take the fall again on you saying USL League One is very competitive. You can quote me on that too. That's two quotes that I can be quoted for. Um, thank you again so much for being here. It's not often that you get insight from you know a coach heading into their first full year with a professional team. So everything you provided, everything regarding you know your journey here, like we said, Chattanooga in general, the league in general, massively appreciated. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate you. Appreciate your time. Keep up the good work. I think we work together to grow this thing, grow soccer and grow the league. And I appreciate it. Well, not, many, not much better words you can take from a head coach there. Um, again, thank you so much. I'm sure I'll have you back on shortly. Thank you guys for listening to this week's special edition with, of course, Chattanooga Red Wolves head coach, Scott McKenzie.